Hello, everyone, and welcome to Note to Scene, a music news podcast covering everything from pop punk to metalcore. I'm Matt Crane. I'm Tyler Sharp. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, where every week we discuss all the biggest news stories in the music scene. Find more episodes of this show on Apple Podcasts, where you should please rate and review us. Email us at note2scene at gmail.com. So much to talk about this week. Big news from Blink-182 and The Word Alive. But first, we're going to talk about pop punk heroes state champs who just announced their third album. Can they save pop punk? But anyway, let's find out. So, Avicii, dead at 28. This is, I mean, this is crazy and uh, terrible news. You know, last I saw his family flown out to Omen, where he died on the Arabian Peninsula, just to figure out, like, what the hell happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was only 28. It's just, it's really sad. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw the report. Totally blindsided. And I know a lot of music in general, the industry in general was blindsided by it. But definitely, like, Avicii was so massive to EDM and even crossover into pop music for a while there. Absolutely. Like, I remember a time, you know, like when he was just another one of the hot DJs, like mm-hmm. like Skrillex or Dead Mouse. Right. And um, the levels got so big and uh, became like a staple in all the dance clubs. Like when I was in college, levels was just always on the club. Mm-hmm. And um, Flo Rida jumped on the song and that was that. You know, yeah. it was huge. And um, and then Wake Me Up. That song is just undeni- an undeniable hit. It was so huge. It was everywhere, you know? And I mean, I got sick of it at some point, but it was just it was fucking huge, man. And it was an inspirational song. He's yeah. definitely on the Mount Rushmore of EDM DJs. Absolutely. You know, he was one of the biggest. When he was still touring, he was always on the Forbes end of year oh, list. Oh, yeah. You know, he for made like paid DJs. $28 million when he was 24, I think, in one year. Just unreal. Unreal, unreal. the impact he had. And I think it it's definitely like, he's definitely underrated. Yeah, he, I mean, he helped, and he really was one of those forces that, like, helped build that modern, this modern EDM LED festival touring machine. Like, that was him. You know, he helped. Totally a he, precursor, for sure. Yeah, and he broke, you know, out into mainstream pop in a way that those other EDM DJs like Skrillex and Deadmau5 never really did, you mm-hmm. know? And he kind of totally. paved the way for guys like Zed and Calvin Harris to dominate the way they do now. Absolutely. Yeah, so sad. I couldn't believe it. Definitely. So, you know, R.I.P. Avicii. Um, Absolutely. It's just a tragedy. But um, we got to move on. We got uh, some listener questions we have to get into for this week. Um, our first email comes in from listener Kimberly G, who writes into note to scene at com. Kimberly says, hey, guys, I just discovered your podcast about a week ago from stalking Spencer Chamberlain's Twitter, and I've been listening to all of the old episodes ever since. I wish I discovered it sooner. I'm a long term emo post hardcore fan, and I love hearing about all my favorite bands. I've also discovered Falling in Reverse from your podcast. I don't know what rock I've been living under. I listened to Losing My Mind upon your recommendation and went back from there. I also discovered other great bands like Drugs and Neck Deep. When I'm not discovering new bands, I've been going back and listening to Let It Unfold You, Dear Diary, They're Only Chasing Safety, Define the Great Line, Discovering the Waterfront, and so many more. I just wanted to say a big thanks and let you know that you've got a listener all the way in Australia. Keep up the good work, Kimberly. So we actually have a lot of Australian listeners, um, and Hell I yeah. love them particularly because they always write in and they always rep. 
Um, <laughs> they're always so enthusiastic. Like the same way like um, Australian music fans are with bands. You know, anytime like a band announces a tour, the first thing you see in the comments is come to Australia. <laughs> like our listeners in Australia are always like super enthusiastic about the podcast. They're always like, you know, anytime we put out an episode, they're like shouts from Australia. Yeah. Hell yeah. Love Hard it. rep. That's so, that shit just warms my heart, man. Like it, yeah. it, that was, that was the goal, you know, when we started this thing was just to give people a place, give listeners and fans and everyone else a place to just discuss this music that we all love. So, and the fact that people are just discovering new bands from this, like, yeah. hell yeah. That's awesome. I mean, holy shit, like, discover, like, <laughs> if we're putting you on drugs and neck deep and, like, chasing safe, like, go, fuck, hell yeah, like, right? keep discovering, like, I didn't Absolutely. even intend for that, you know, from this show, but if that's happening, that's great. Also, like, shouts to all, like, the Spencer Chamberlain stalkers out there, you know? <laughs> Tyler, uh, when does that, uh, like, uh, like, when do you people have your meetings? <laughs> yep, like, what the... Every third monday of every okay. month <laughs> okay okay gotta get that on tape okay yeah, yeah we, we just we get so many nice little notes like that it's so awesome absolutely um, our next question comes in from listener alex alex writes hey guys love the podcast when you're listening to a new album for for the first time what sort of setting do you do it in are you listening only to the album or doing other things like driving or working um I think this is a really interesting question because it, it, it's changed over time and it changes with me varying on the level of urgency with what kind of artist it is, you know, mm-hmm. like um, if it's a band I really love, I like to just be like alone in my room with my headphones on on Spotify. If it's a band I'm kind of more casual about, you know, when I get in my car, my phone Bluetooth syncs automatically with my sound system. So I just if I'm driving to work or I'm driving home from work, I can just be like, all right, I'll just I'll get through this Nothing Nowhere album, you know, mm. on the drive to work. I can do that. But, if you know, like when Brand New dropped Science Fiction um, before all the problems happened, like, right. don't at me, please. Um, I was really excited then. And I was at work and um, I didn't want to listen to it at work because I wanted to fully focus on it. But mm-hmm. I just there was no option. You know what I mean? When it's that urgent of a band, I just I had to I was at work, basically not working, you know, at my old job and um, just streaming, streaming the album. How about you, T-Sharp? Yeah, this is a really interesting question because I never actually thought about how I approach listening to music. But usually when there's a, you know, quote unquote, important release that drops, (laughs) depending on what it is, I usually Mm -hmm. just drop everything and listen to it and just kind of zone out. You know, like when the State Tramps song dropped, albeit it was on, it was at midnight on Friday. So I usually take that time to just go through, like sit down and listen to as much as I can of everything that just dropped. Uh, Apple Music has a great page that under their new releases tabs that just lines up all the new singles and all the new albums and I can slide through and kind of preview and listen to what I want. Um, if it comes out during the day, usually I do. I just drop everything and just kind of zone out and listen to it. And I'm either really happy at the end of it or I'm really pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even think about this point, but I'm always on Spotify now. I'm pure streaming. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people will go buy the vinyl, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll spin the vinyl. You still buy CDs, right? I, do. I mean, you'll All still go to Target <laughs> yep. <laughs> and your first experience is popping that disc in, which the only thing I've done that with in the last five years was the taylor swift record um, it, is, it, it is really interesting how much streaming has changed it because i yeah. used to you know before because i grew up in the middle of nowhere in the cornfields of indiana so i didn't have i had dial-up internet growing up and 
I when I wanted to listen to a full record, like maybe I could hear a single from like the music video while I'm at school or something. But if I want to listen to a full record, I had to go out, buy the CD, bring it home, just chill out in my room and listen to the whole thing. And that was my first impression for so many records. But nowadays, you know, I listen to the record and if I like it, I'll go buy it so I can like read the liner notes and stuff like that. But yeah, good question. Definitely. Definitely. We thank Kimberly and Alex for writing in. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to note to scene at gmail.com and we will happily answer them on the show. But uh, we got to move on, Tyler Sharp, because we got some new music this week. We did get some new music, man. It's the pop punk show. Absolutely. So State Champs announced their new uh third album living proof out this june on pure noise records and they released a new single dead and gone so there's a lot to unpack here with this band tyler sharp and i figure we should just kind of start with the single dead and gone um what are your thoughts on the song What's your takeaway? Where are you at with it? Um, talk me through this, my man. Hey, right, here we go. We're doing the State Champs dive. Right? So State Champs have come back. They announced a new album. They got their new single. It's called Dead and Gone. And they've taken a lot of influence from their friends in Five Seconds of Summer. This is a very big Old sounding, Five Sauce. Old Five old Sauce. Five yeah, sauce. yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Backwards. Who knows if they're still Dude, friends. the Old I mean, Five Sauce can't know. come to the phone right now. Sorry. Right. Absolutely. So this song takes a lot of influence from like the Amnesia days, the She Looks So Perfect days of Five Sauce. Very big sounding chorus, you know, anthemic, big guitars, big drums, big melodies. It was a bit of a turnoff for me. I'm not mm. going to lie. I didn't think that that was the right move for the band. Um, I totally get it, you know? Tyler, there are a lot of 15-year-old pop-punk girls getting their daggers out right now. Ready for you. <laughs> just, just warning you. They're out there. I know, they're out there. I don't think this is the right move for the band. I think... This is a very dead-end formula. There's a reason why Five Sauce is abandoning it. And I know, you know, <laughs> the, it it makes sense for state champs to do this. Not really just because they've been friends with Five Sauce, but because they've really rode the line between neon pop punk and new wave pop punk, you know, mm-hmm. between like all time early all-time low and current neck deep. They've really like rode that line in between those two worlds and i will say you know i hear a lot of nothing personal on this song era all time low um there's a lot of kind of almost weightless moments on this song especially during the last chorus when they kick it up in a double time and i wish that they were playing four on the floor on that drum kit every chorus throughout this song i really think it would drive more and give it more like an elevated feel um which i think is the best state champ song still so ultimately, I'm pretty disappointed with this song. I, I will admit that the melody's semi-catchy. Lyrics are, mm-hmm. you know, thematically, it's just kind of take it or leave it. It's kind of <laughs> right. like your typical. Not a whole lot there, There's right? not, there's not, just uh, I mean, not like, much depth here. Um, yeah, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to make you think about who you are as a person. Exactly, so, yeah. You're not going to no, There's no right? existentialism <laughs> Business here is huge. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of your typical uh, straightforward pop punk song. With a early five sauce twist, and I'm at a six and a half out of ten on this song. Pretty, pretty disappointed. It's okay. That's where I'm at. What about you, Matt? So this song was uh, co-written by Mark Hoppus. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I guess too, Alex uh, Gaskarth uh, 
collaborated on a lot of this album. Uh, was it on this song? Songs. No, not this song. This okay. was all Hoppus, but okay. um, the rest of the album is uh, got uh, Gazkarth all over it. Apparently, um, you know, it's I'm kind of like I'm 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 right with you, Tyler Sharp. Okay, it's it's decent. It's your typical pop punk summary jam. But, like, I just, I feel like they're capable of more, you know? Like you mm-hmm. said, that chorus is, it's catchy enough. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, I got to admit, like, I didn't hit that check mark on Spotify, you know? Like, I didn't <laughs> add it to my, I didn't not add it to added. my library. No. no. Like, it's not, it's not that special. It's it's kind of un- underwhelming for a lead single. Um, It still feels very super juvenile. Um, mm-hmm. I come out right with you. I'm at a six and a half out of ten. It's. Um, which it's rare that we are at the same exact score. So that's pretty um, crazy. Yeah. I mean, take that for what it is, listeners. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's fun and airy and summery, all the things you'd expect from pop punk. But it's just, it's just like not there. I spent a lot of time thinking about state champs today. Too much time. <laughs> too I'll say much it. I spent time. too much time thinking about state champs today. I came to one question right. I have for you, Tyler Sharp, about state champs. All right. One question. Are we sure they're good? Are, <laughs> are they good at music? You've asked this question every time they've had a cycle since <laughs> I'm just, since like, the just, finer things. I mean, <laughs> that's where I come to like, are they good at music? Because like you know, Secrets is like their biggest song, and it's it's not a good song. It's not that good of a song. <laughs> that's I, funny. I, I think Elevated is their best song. I, no, I mean, I said biggest. Uh, oh, 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 okay. Secrets. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Elevated. Elevated's a better song, I agree, but Secrets, as far as Absolutely. numbers go, blows it out of the water. So it's like their is, biggest song is not that good. You is know? State like, Champs good at music? Are um, they? Like, I think they are passable at music, and that's the only reason they've made it to where they're at right now. They've gotten a lot of help from their friends who are much more better off commercially than they are, <laughs> and they've kind of ridden on the coattails of a lot of other acts. And I think that definitely has to be taken into consideration when we talk about state champs' current commercial state. Um, I mean, they are all excited to be BFF with all-time low guys. You know what I mean? I mean, they get shout-outs on Twitter from Halsey, and she right. wears their merch and stuff like that. So they have, like, these top-tier friends. But I think Halsey's, it... like, more about state champs than she is about all-time low. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's This is one of... State champs are definitely one of the more newer wave bands that those top tier celebrities have kind of been getting into like one of the very few um because she'll shout out a lot of neon bands all the Mm -hmm. time mayday parade the main um i think right pierce i think what's going on with state champs is that they it's easy to perceive this band as much bigger than they actually are and a lot of the hype I feel like is false. There's just never been anything overtly special about their music. And we saw it when you premiered. So you locked down the premiere of their last album around the world and back mm -hmm. on alternative press in the summer of 2015. We had the full stream of the album and you also locked down the single premiere for threat level midnight from neck deeps. Life's not out to get you. Mm -hmm. And that one single dominated traffic over the entire state champs album premiere well i mean threat level midnight was a fucking banger you know and, it was and that's I, the... I think in that review i called it the perfect pop punk song i couldn't <laughs> even believe what i was hearing at the time. and that's the difference between yeah. those two bands ne- kind of. state there's champs just... never hit that moment where you're like this is perfect there's 
just a lot of state champs' music. A majority yeah. of it is very unremarkable. So I want I want to pull back for a sec, and we can come back to the unremarkableness discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, state champs came up during that pop punk resurgence, which was mm-hmm. adjacent to at the time. You know, we had that emo revival that was happening, right, with all those bands and mm-hmm. um, everyone. Oh my god. I'm so glad we don't have to talk about the emo revival anymore and like take it seriously. Right. But yep. alongside that, there was this pop punk. We what at AP at the time we were calling the pop punk resurgence. Bands like Real Friends, Neck Deep, Knuckle Puck, and early on, State Champs were the smallest like of all these bands, but they got big quick. Um, and they were sort of different because like Elevated was more of like an early Sum 41 kind of song, yep. you know, mm-hmm. like that chorus even jacks like straight from Sum 41's No <laughs> Reasons. Absolutely. It totally, yeah. the, the line, um, tell me why can't you see or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I wasn't about it. Like I wasn't about them really? at first from the very beginning because like I was, it was because they, they were like less emo, you know what I mean? And they were more all-time low like meets bad newfound glory meets early some 41 to me and i liked like that real friends were very emo on those early eps and i liked the early knuckle i liked the emo-ness and they were lacking the emo so i wasn't about it but you know compared to all those other bands we've just mentioned like they've avoided a certain stagnation like due i think in part to their rabid fan base you know around the world sold thirteen thousand copies first week you know that's beating real friends and knuckle puck you know who float around or under 10,000 copies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a strong seller over the next two years. I think it's moved around 50 to 60,000 copies. Okay. The band have 600,000 Spotify listeners. That's on par with the Wonder Years. Um, that's more than Real Friends, who have 387,000 listeners. More than Knuckle Puck, who have 330,000 listeners. And uh, for perspective, that's less than Neck Deep, who have 1 million listeners on Spotify. I, like I said, I feel like the longevity of state champs is really ha- like we have to take into consideration the shouts and cosigns yeah. that that band has been given. Cause I can't think of another explanation for it. You know, like they, they've gotten hype, but they really fell behind. They lived in this really weird world in between, you know, they're above the real friends, mm-hmm. um, knuckle pucks, that wave of bands, but they're still behind story so far and neck deep. You know, like they're right in the middle, it seems like. And And that's what's that's what's interesting about them to me is that those other bands like Knuckle Puck and Real Friends and all the smaller ones like Forever Came Calling or Handguns or whatever, like they've all rusted. Whereas State Champs, you can't say that about them. Like they're still in the game. You know what I mean? I think of all the new wave of all those new wave pop pop punk bands, like they're still in the game. And it, it's even more mysterious because, like you said, the music is so unremarkable. And I think, sonically, they don't necessarily fit with either of those two groups, Real Friends and Knuckle Puck or Story So Far and Neck Deep. Like you mm-hmm. said, there's a lot of state champs that kind of sounds like Sum 41. And they, they, I think they take a lot from Neon, which is why yeah. they get a it's lot of that crossover from the all-time low Mayday Parade main emo, fans. More- commercialized neon right there's a sheen over state champ sound that puts them in that 2007 to 2009 range that gives those fans a little bit something more to hang on to so but like they don't take it all the way like a water parks does they don't go right back there it's still there's like this still this tiny element of legit pop punk too absolutely but they're one synthesizer away from being legit neon <laughs> like that's all it takes for this band to be they just yeah <laughs> the neon revival it. man 2k18 <laughs> that's where we're at so but obviously they took the early five sauce route and i i just don't see 
with Five Sauce abandoning that formula, I don't see another band to a much lesser fan base taking up that formula and going anywhere with it. It just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't think the song's strong enough and I'm still somewhat excited for the album, but like longevity for state champs, it's it's just not looking bright, man. Yeah, it's just weird because you can't ignore the numbers. Like they got the numbers. They got the rabid fan base. I just I don't understand the music. Like I liked I actually liked that deluxe single slow burn I know they you put did. out. I, I know, know you did. hated it. But I liked it. <laughs> and that got me, you know, a little excited. This single has, you know, sort of stomped out any flames of excitement I had from that. And I actually didn't mind their uh Punkos pop cover of sean mendez's uh stitches i thought it was okay but overall like their albums to me are just you know they have their moments but they're just the definition of meh yeah i feel like middle of the road like thinking back last year like we like we liked like the seaway album and we like the rome album like if you listen to our episodes last year like we were those are the pop punk albums we gave the most praise to i think we weren't like saying they were the next coming but we were like these are solid and um like, are those the bands we should be focusing on, not state champs? You know, like, are those the bands that can I, save pop? It's, no. It's tough because they're so small, but, like... You can't look at Seaway and say... That Seaway record is better than, like, the last state champs album, so I'd So is you know? the Rome album. But you it's, just can't look at those bands and say, these guys are going to take pop punk to the next level. Yeah. They just don't it, have the right momentum. They don't have the right backing. You know, Seaway's been around for too long. It's just... It's just not going to happen with those bands, and that's unfortunate. But like, we're left with it's like if any if any of those two if those one of those two bands had a little more backing and they had State Champs fan base, like they maybe would be able to do more with it than State Champs are with their sort of mediocre music. Totally, I feel like both of those bands stumbled out of the gates too much. If they mm-hmm. would have dropped these two albums towards the beginning of their career, like as their first full lengths on a Hopeless <laughs> Records or something like that they'd have more of a shot like they'd have more momentum but we've just seen like once you've been a band for a while and 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 you're on the downslope it doesn't matter what you release at this point like as sad as as sad as that is the scene is just in such an unhealthy state that there's <sighs> just no backdrop for bands to fall into so that's unfortunately where those bands are at and state champs like we've been saying are still in limbo and this the, mm-hmm. the longevity and the future of their career really rides on this album and it just kind of feels like this is not what they needed to do. The song yeah, is at this... 177,000 streams on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the music video we're recording on Sunday came out Friday at midnight, I think. It only has 71,000 views. Like oh, the music, no. vi- the music oh, video no. hasn't even cracked 100 I didn't even see that. Oh, no. It is not well right now. <laughs> so Neck Deep's Peace in the Panic was a big letdown, obviously. And it's like we're kind of running out of pop punk band. Like who saves <laughs> pop punk, you know? And state champs were one of those potential bands to do it. And then this single kind of dampens my hopes of that. It's like, what about the story so far? Like that question kind of comes up, you know, like, they're where the, are you guys? They're the last like, band standing. Is that, they're the last ones who like, and only because they haven't shown their cards yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. But I don't mean, know what they got. I think we can agree that they're, the most pro i feel like they're they've been the most consistent band at putting out bangers out of all the and, new wave pop punk song bands. and and that them and neck deep you could kind of butt heads but I, I i really feel like the story so far are the kings of pop punk right now at the moment like I just kind of feel like they're 
like by default the though, you know yeah. like by default like they're, they're the leaders as the wonder years you know have exited the genre the story so far are the leaders and neck deep have made a big shot at it but i think they're gonna lose fans from that last record yeah it's just it's i don't we obviously have different opinions than a lot of people do on that neck deep album but i truly believe that there is not an a, a, enough longevity in that I mean nobody's talking them. about it right that's the no, problem and like it's over on the cycle so far so they did they did 29,000 or 30,000 first week Close 30, either yeah. or it was right there and obviously because they milked warp tour that summer for all it was worth right. they had pre-orders at the merch table they had two songs out fans pre-ordered this album off the good graces that they had from life's not out to get you that's why it was such a big success first week it has only sold 48,000 copies on the cycle yeah. so it's only sold 18,000 since it came mm-hmm. out about what eight months ago at this point ish yeah somewhere okay. around there so it's yeah, I mean it's it's moving ish. It, I mean I think the last story so far record did like sixty thousand or more. I'd be uh, do you know what Life's Not Out to Get You did on the cycle? I have no that's idea. That's a good man. question. That's, yeah, we'll have a, yeah, we'll have to get back to that on that one. Yeah. Um any other thoughts on state champs before we move on to I mean it's time to be worried. Yeah. That's where <laughs> <laughs> it's time to be concerned about the future for state champs. All right. Pop sure. punk, we are putting you on alert. Um, one of your one of your standard bearers is uh, it's questionable for the future, but we got to move on, Tyler, and uh, we got to talk about Blink One Eighty Two, um, who are apparently working on new music. Um, Mark Hoppus says he said a new Blink One Eighty Two music, and he said day one, and he's got a picture of Travis Barker, and um, it looks like they're tracking drums. What's your what's your gut gut shot reaction to this, Tyler? <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but you I'm going to be that guy. What guy be, are you about to be? I'm going to be that guy. Oh, no. Has Skiba been in any pictures? Okay, so I thought I, I went there. I thought the same as you. And <laughs> Skiba is still in the band as of 23 hours ago. As of 23 Instagram. hours ago? Yes. Oh, okay. He is right. still in the band. He is, I, you know, he's the Vegas residency is coming up. And mm-hmm. I think, he, you know, he's going to be there. I did that. I was like, where? I went that. I was like, where's Skiba? That was my first thought. I uh-huh. like scoured. All the Instagrams, and yeah, Skiba okay. is still with them, sort of in the Blink compound, Good. rehearsing all I, that. So. I appreciate you doing that dive for me. Yeah, yeah. So I there's no the Tom, pictures. no Tom reunion, obviously, because you know he's doing Angels and Airwaves and I, doing his to the stars. Dude, he posted Academy. on Instagram, it, like literally within the same day. I think it was that those first uh, pictures from. Mark and Travis being in the studio. Mm-hmm. He posted on Instagram. He's like, I'm coming back. Hashtag angels and airwaves on Instagram. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, oh okay, my God. Okay. Well, you drop a mixtape or something. Like, get the me. fuck out of here. Are you, know, like, you kidding dude, me? Dude, Tom, side, shut up. Side note. Side note. Tom made me mad the other day. He posted on Instagram like a picture of, of like, uh, like a space shuttle, a real space shuttle getting ready for launch. Mm-hmm. And he, on his Instagram, and he tagged to the Stars Academy in it. He's like, you know, he's like, big things happen. And I'm like, fuck, he does this all the time. What? Like, like the other, like not that long ago, he posted a picture of like a NASA, you know, multi-billion dollar telescope on top of a mountain, you know, that looks at other galaxies and shit. And he, he tags, you know, to the Stars Academy, like we're working on big things here. And like, he makes it look like it's like this actual like school with like telescopes and research facilities and you know for investors to invest in and in reality it's just like a fucking website where you can like <laughs> give him money for things 
You know what I mean? It just infuriates me. It's almost the point of like he's scamming his It's fans. almost um, like a pyramid scheme at this point. You know, I, Tom is one of those musicians. I've just like, I've been so close to being, and I can't say I'm going to be done with Tom because I know the second the reunion happens, I'm going to be we'll, all about it. But yeah. man, we'll never be done with Tom. Tom you know? we'll, ne- we'll never he be makes done it, with Tom. He really, really can put you in that way. Absolutely. But, um, I was, I mean, I'm completely done with him until he releases <laughs> music. I couldn't give two shits less about, you know, what aliens yeah. he supposedly finds off the coast of whatever country. Right. I'm just, I mean, he's probably ripping those fucking telescope oh pictures off Google, man. Like, no, look, I mean, straight up, <laughs> these are just NASA facilities that have nothing to do with his his website to the stars and he posed he flexes like he's got this big <laughs> fucking flexing. you know international like <laughs> establishment it's just such bullshit it makes oh me mad. my god and it's, it pisses me off that i'll still be all about it when tom comes back like i, oh, I should absolutely. be so i should i should be done with him and i'm not Never. god how many tom rants have we done on this show man Too how many? many i can't it's been so a back, minute though it has been it has a minute, been a minute. <laughs> 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 all right back to blink so it's almost been two years since uh, California, which could seem two years could seem kind of quick for new Blink music to come. But like that album was such a big success, you know, no one um, saw that coming. What did number it do one first al- week, number one album in the country. It did one hundred and eighty thousand copies first week. Yep. It went gold. Bored to Death was, you know, a summer smash hit single. Number one on alt radio most of the summer. Um, nobody saw that coming. That mm-hmm. was fucking awesome to see she's out of her mind was a strong follow-up single it got to number two at all and was in rotation sort of all for the rest of the summer and uh you know it, it gives it gives kind of uh, like a justification for new blink music this soon like they had so much success dude i mean it's past justification that album <laughs> i love how everyone just kind of forgot that the deluxe edition happened <laughs> listen, listen. I mean, that's kind of part of this here is pretending that that didn't happen. Oh my god, man! Listen, Do you remember you, that? If you want to go back to some of our old episodes where Tyler and I struggled through the the slow rollout of the deluxe edition, <laughs> there are some blink. You want some blink rants? Uh, there are some blink rants As, back if, in that. Dude, uh, could you be, can you believe it was about a year ago that we were doing that? We were just yelling every episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> We were mad. There was one song I remember. There was one song I tried to defend because it sounded like Emery. Those yeah. songs were all <laughs> over the fucking place. Yeah. Just ridiculous. But I love how it was here and then completely gone. You know, people just stop talking about it. Let's just act like that didn't happen. And it and does feel like Blink. it does feel like we've had a break from Blink. It does, that's how we like protect Blink. Like, oh, this was bad. Pretend it didn't happen. You know what but I mean? Just, like, we, that, we don't like, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of people talk about neighborhoods for the same reason. Right, you know what I mean? It's kind of like we went straight from self t- or untitled to uh, to California. You know? Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> the lexicon there, but um. So I want a California follow up. Like I enjoy this era of the band. You know, if we forget about the deluxe edition, like you know, they found their new identity with Skiba and. It's obvious there were some struggles along the way, but but now I feel like now that they've found their identity as, you know, Blink-183 or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they can kind of hone in on it and make more songs like San Diego, like No Future, like Bored to Death, like She's Out of Her Mind, like Home is Such a Lonely Place. They can make more of the better songs. Right. Because I could see them consolidating them onto a really good album. Because Does... I, I really do like California, but and they have the potential here to make, a, make an even better record. Does the deluxe edition concern you at all? 
I mean, yeah, like as far as sales and hype wise, you know. Well, I mean, I, just actual like structure of songs and influence no, and the directions that they go in. No, because I felt I really felt like that was just a bunch of garbage that got dumped on. OK, us. all right. I, I don't know. Are you of the same mind or do you, do you think that those are real like signals for where the band is headed? Well, do we know that those songs were written before or after California? That they would be like they were written after, but I don't know that I believe that, that. would be my big question. I'm sure yeah. it was a little bit of both. They were just kind right. of messing around both times. Um, Either way, even if they were new songs, they didn't get the full new album. Oh, you know, right. Yeah. They didn't session. get any push or just, anything. Just thrown out, slapped on a plate and handed it to you. Like, so exactly. it doesn't concern me that much, but from a hype sales perspective, it might, but I just feel like everybody ignored it. You know what I mean? Like, yep. there, there could be a lot of people who didn't even know it happened. So for sure. Especially. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the reach and the scope of California and the reach and scope of the deluxe edition, it's just two completely right. different worlds. So right. I, I definitely even, hope you're right. I hope they take what, you know, take what they learned from California, what worked, what didn't, and apply that to the next record and kind of cut off the filler. And I'm all trim about it because I love that album. Which you hated and... when it came out. <laughs> right. But I love it. And, um, yep. you know, they, it's like they put out California and everyone was all about it. And then everyone like kind of moved on and mm-hmm. didn't see the deluxe edition because everybody got what they needed. And they're like, all right, we're going to take this and go. And then Blink just kind of fell on their face with that deluxe stuff and uh hopefully not too many people saw did you see uh mark's what's my age again tweet i did not what do you tweet so he tweeted that the what's my age again lyric is uh i work alone to get the feeling right straight up my first concert i was in fifth grade blink 182 my life has been a lie since then because i've been singing i walk alone you know to get the feeling right that's and, that makes um, sense. Yeah, I've been seeing that. Like that, you go on your date or whatever, and he walks alone to get the feeling right. And that's uh, the point. The actual lyric is, "I wore cologne no. to get the feeling no. right." Yeah, he, straight no. up, dude. My life has been. That's my first fucking concert, and I screamed that lyric in fifth grade. And I, my life has been a lie, you know, for I don't know, twenty. 20 years you know See, what i mean what is going up with these classic lyrics man has right? everything just been a lie did any yeah. of that even happen <laughs> right i wore cologne to get the feeling right first the panic i write sins lyric there's i yeah. mean dude just but that's you like i really I, I walk alone like not just me the whole stadium was screaming i walk alone <laughs> dude, <how laughs> he had they had to have heard this Think about yeah. how many stadium shows, how many massive oh crowds they've played to with people screaming those words back in his yeah. face. And just in his mind, he's probably smiling the whole time. And like 15 he's just years laughing. later, you, you, you air it out? Okay. you know. And then I, ch- I check the lyric site, and of course, instant confirmation. Oh <laughs> like, my god. How do you do this with your favorite bands? But uh, Alright, we're going to move on to our pop story this week. Uh, which is, Ariana Grande is back. She released the lead single... No Tears Left to Cry from her upcoming fourth album. A little bit to unpack here. Return of one of our big pop stars. But we should start with the song, Tyler. What are your thoughts on No Tears Left to Cry? So No Tears is such an interesting song. And I know my homie Max Martin worked on this song. And Max, I am concerned about the math on this song. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely some some algebra on this song. I think there's, you know, some some formula uh, errors 
potentially on this on this song. So it starts off with this very anthemic, huge vocal melody, and there's a lot of strings behind it, and it feels like it's supposed to fill out a stadium. And I was like, all right, we're gonna do this. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go this kind of more ballady route, and then this beat kicks in, and mm-hmm. we go total just groove on it. And she's mm-hmm. got a flow, you know, her, her her melody completely changes up. And it's very abrasive on first listen. But once you get into the into that groove, you're like, okay, I'm about this. Mm-hmm. And then once you're like fully into it, she cuts back into that huge expansive melody for the chorus. Yep. <laughs> and you're just kind of going back and forth the whole song. And it really feels like a tug of war. Right. And I struggled with that. Like the we've first seen this more and more too. With, absolutely, with big pop singles. Mm-hmm. And I that, struggled that bipolarness. with bipolarness. Yeah, a lot. My first like five times listening through it, but by the time you know, because I was waiting, I was waiting for this drop midnight on Friday. This was like oh, this yeah. was this was what I was waiting for, and I listened to it over oh, and yeah. over. And I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, and I literally, without even having to listen to it again, that chorus was stuck in my head. Like, I was oh, yeah. singing it all day long. So I'm concerned about the math and the ultimate kind of uh, longevity for this song. But the more and more that I've listened to it, I've listened to it probably about 20 times at this point. Dude, same. <laughs> and I, I just, based on the response that I'm seeing, I think it's going to work. Like, I, I, I'm I'm more like a, when I first heard the song, I was completely on the fence. 50-50. This is either going to just pop right off or it's going to fall really mm-hmm. flat. Um, the more I listen to it and the more I see the response that it's getting from stream numbers and where it's already charted on top 40, I, I think it's going to be a hit, man. I think we're going for top 10 on top 40 and she's just raking in the Spotify streams right now. So... I am going to just preface my score with a caveat that it could change in the future. But right now I am like right under an eight. I'm at a 7.9 out of 10. 7.9. And when I first heard it. banger status. When I first first listened, I was at about a 6.5. So it's just been climbing my ranks ever since I've had it on repeat since it dropped. So almost at an eight. But I'm very Almost interested to hear what you have to say about this song, Matt. So hit me with it. What you got? So my thoughts. This song, yeah, it's this is a very interesting move. Mm-hmm. Because like this song is kind of a throwback in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So after hearing the title, you know, I thought it would be like a sad sort of ballad relating to the Manchester concert bombing where like over 20 people tragically died you know that she was performing at but it's really not it's kind of about moving on and being happy so that that took me by surprise but this the song like especially the verses this feels so much like that like early 2000s like electro pop like that euphoria core that had a brief moment on the charts like can you feel the rain on your skin tyler (laughs) it's like a total like natasha bedingfield kylie minone kind of callback moment here absolutely very very sunny like pocket full of sunshine verses and then again you have that gloomy uh chorus that just kind of shows like the beauty of her vocal range um it's a really good opportunity just to show what a vocal talent she is i also a little thing i noticed is this kind of feels like the first post reputation single we've heard mm. with the taylor swift influence because you've got ari kind of doing that that sing rap thing where she's like we turn it up you know and it kind of sounds a little reputation-y so 
I wonder if Ari had that Taylor album on um, during a heavy rotation. I'm right there with you, man. I think this is a good song. I like it. It's fresh. It's different. I'm at a 7.8 out of 10. Whoa, with, man. With potential to go up. So, you know, we're, we're close. We're right there, you know? Yeah, we are on it today. We are totally on the same page for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> State champs yeah, and Ari. Um, um, it's just good. It's different. You know what I mean? It didn't, this is, you know, she could have made a Spotify core, you know, sort of sort of edm banger and she didn't she did something a little different totally i yeah absolutely i the reason i bring up concern for a couple different reasons you were talking about the throwback i when i think about throwbacks in the current top 40 pop radio environment i think back to the camila launch with crying in the club that right. really reached All the back. Aguilera stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And that and that really flopped for her. <laughs> like it, it, She yeah. really stumbled <laughs> out of the gate. And obviously, you know, she picked herself back up and now she's at the front of the, the entire The biggest pack. pop star in the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it, even if Ari... It's dangerous. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's even if broken. Ari stumbles here, there's obviously still time and room for her to... Uh, recapture the magic but i i do think there's something a little bit more special here than than in uh crying in the club but um were you concerned on first listen were you concerned at all i was confused okay. it was it definitely right. took me more listens to sort of get it you know mm-hmm. i was instantly intrigued though but i was confused and yeah. we should point out ari has stumbled in the past um and recovered from it so right if this song yeah, but this song just kind of moves in a way that you know other throwbacks don't so there you know there could be success uh no thoughts about the song yet um from victoria justice i noticed (laughs) (laughs) i checked her twitter and uh and uh you you can't help yourself can you listeners matt has an infatuation with uh victorious and ariana listen i think we all have new singles tyler sharp i think we all do (laughs) I think we all sing great. I think think we we all all podcast great, Matt. So (laughs) my everything in 2014 was like huge for Ari. Mm -hmm. It did 169,000 copies first week. Big singles, Problem, Break Free, Love Me Harder, Bang Bang. These are songs that made her like a true pop star from just the really talented R&B singer she had been previously. And um, huge for her. And the follow up. Dangerous Woman stalled really fucking hard out the gate, actually. Like, Focus was originally launched as the lead single, and and then it was, like, scrapped as the lead single and replaced a year later with Dangerous Woman, Woman, the title track, uh, which didn't even really perform that much better than Focus. Um, Interesting about Focus is, like, it it did terrible as a radio single, but it got an insane amount of views on YouTube Mm -hmm. for uh, reasons. Um, But, uh... (laughs) Um, oh no the next album uh dangerous woman only sold 175,000 copies first week which was an increase but it just felt light to me you know yeah and um felt like she needed to take a larger step forward than that yeah what it was was focus flopping as a single and dangerous woman not really being that big blowout lead that it should have been but ultimately like into you and and Mm -hmm. side to side blew up became a massive hit and really saved the album cycle and that kind of kept Kept her in that lane of pop star above like Selena Gomez and Haley Seinfeld and Demi Lovato, totally. but still like below your Taylor Swifts and your Camila Cabellos. Absolutely, yeah. It felt like the second half of the Dangerous Woman cycle came on strong because like right. I wasn't paying um, a lot of uh, attention to 
like detail, like strong detail to the current pop market then. But I remember when Indie started taking off and definitely when Side to Side took off as a yeah. single. Like it was pretty unavoidable. Right. Um, that album and just the general discussion around Ariana. Really saved that absolutely absolutely and i think it really kind of set her up well for the Cement, next cycle cemented her as one of the, the blue chip pop stars totally of our era. so she's got about 22 million um monthly listeners on spotify the song no tears left to cry we're recording on sunday again song dropped on friday at midnight has 12 million streams on spotify mm-hmm. um which is already more than the uh nikki singles um i think we need to point that out god damn it why you gotta do that man that's important because um (laughs) those nikki singles just are not going to be sticking yeah barbie ting says 12 million chun li has 11 and they've been out for over a week now and ari has done that in a couple days Um, and i think uh the music they... video ended up on trending. I don't know how far mm-hmm. it got. When I saw it, it was at number eight. But I'd just like to mm-hmm. shout out, I was in the 200,000 club. I just want to throw mm-hmm. that out there because now right. it has over, um, I don't know exactly where it's at. Last time I checked, it had 24 million. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, the music video just, just blew up. It um, was, it was it w- when I ridiculous. checked on trending, it was the number one. It was at number um, one? Okay. Yeah, I was interested one. to see if she if she could get there. What a um, spectacle of a video. I mean, just... Oh, my gosh. She just inceptioned like, the whole thing, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, the most robotic, crazy pop star we've ever seen her go uh-huh. in a video. Yeah, it's at 29 million right now. Um, any other thoughts on Ariana Grande, Tyler Sharp? I am very excited about this cycle now. It, it, the hype is obviously there, too. Like, I think this song is already... It, in, in one, two days, it's at number 32 on Top 40 Radio. Yeah, so that chorus big jump i think it just i think it's just its really weird big little, like weird little vortex you know it's like the songs all all fucking sunny with the with the with the verse and then you just you just go into this like hyperspace vortex and that and that chorus and she's just yeah. so slick about i just it. think the the ballad aspect of it because that that yeah. chorus that chorus melody is very ballady it yeah. almost lines up with um obviously two completely different songs and situations and everything but it reminds me of how kesha had success with praying Right, which was a straight right. up piano ballad, but that melody was so massive, and it was such an antithesis to the current top forty Spotify core market that I think there's a way for this song to really break out, and she might have yeah. a top ten on her hands. Yeah, hopefully too, she can get her first number one single. She's I know. only got this high as number two, which yep. is crazy. Which um, that was a problem with problems with uh, Iggy Azalea. Okay, right. we got to move on, Tyler. Our next story is the word "alive." They released their new single "Why Am I Like This," uh, the second from the band's new album "Violent Noise," out in May on longtime label Fearless Records. Um, I thought the lead single Red Clouds, the first one, was fucking terrible. I just got to point that out. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a four out of ten for me. Um, Why Am I Like This is not as bad to me, but it's insanely boring and flat. And I'm at a four and a half out of ten on this one. <laughs> Telly's voice sounds terrible and scorched. And uh, the band, it's over. I mean, this to me just sounds <laughs> it's like it's over. over it's been like, over. The band, but but it re- I mean, this is like the nail in the coffin for me. Um, I mean, it, you're right. It has been over the last two records, but this is just, they officially sound like, like garbage. Um, 
where are you at in the song, Tyler? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Telly is going in a more um, a minor aspect to his vocal melody, vocal melodies because they're going for a rock radio standpoint. Do you he can't think... sing in his Anthony Green tone. Do you think he still can though? It almost sounds like there's some damage in there, like on his well, vocal. He hits it's it in the bridge. Something. Yeah, he hits it. He goes high in the bridge because you, you know you got to give something for the fans to hang on to. Um, like but what? What is? I have a question for you. What is this song about? Fucking that the word alive suck and they want to know why they <laughs> suck. I don't know. <laughs> it just like lyrically, it seems like you're. It's kind of like about a a sexual relationship. Listen, and, man. Shouts to you for actually reading the lyrics. To this well, song I'm kind of pissed shouts off. Shouts to Tyler Sharp. Everyone. I'm. 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 This song really pissed me off thematically. Like obviously sonically, this is not what the word alive is and ever should have been. Um, he says our own bloody Sunday in the chorus of it. And it, it, it completely rips the mel. I'm guessing it's supposed to be a nod, but it completely rips the melody to you too. Sunday, bloody Sunday and bloody Sunday is about the incident in Derry where British troops shot and killed unarmed civil rights protesters and bystanders. And he's kind of like comparing that to his own personal like trials and tribulations. Like, oh, dude, Tally. get off your fucking pedestal, man. Tally. I oh man, this song really Christ. fucking pissed me off. And uh, I, I, it's time for the word alive to be over. Yeah, I mean, and Telly defending a certain other band member for making certain using a certain word that really oh, pissed me like, off. Really this... We're not even going to get into that, but you know that he's. Come on, Telly. It's over. It is Let's over. Okay. So the last two records were unlistenable, right? Straight up. I mean, they don't matter. Life Cycles in 2012 was okay, I thought. Uh, do you agree with me there? Yeah, it was no? It was definitely passable. It was okay. especially passable. given the current state of metalcore and yeah. Yeah. Deceiver was really good, I thought. And Empire, the Empire EP from 2009, is still this band's magnum opus. Like, which is <laughs> it's sad. The best they ever got. Yep. So many of the members who made it are gone. And um, it's basically been all downhill since that EP and Deceiver, you know, on, on, on God, you just have so many jams on Empire. But like, I hope people don't forget because they're really good. This band didn't used to suck. Um, Quit While You're Ahead, <laughs> Battle Royale. The only rule is that there are, only, there are no rules. Like those mm-hmm. were fucking slayers when they came out, dude. Mm-hmm. And I mean, take it back to the Craig Mabbitt demos. Bro, like for anyone who doesn't remember, like this was Craig, <laughs> this Mabbitt's, is Craig band. Mabbitt's band. <laughs> he started when he got kicked out of bless the fall before he joined escape the fate he started this band and uh you know telly snaked his way into the band and got craig removed and that's the whole thing but like yeah, telly dude, the does. devil the devil inside casanova rodeo are you on drugs go listen to all the old craig craig mabbitt or live songs those are still classics to me absolutely yeah this band mattered at one point you know, okay. I think a lot of people forget that this band truly did matter and there was genuine hype here. And Telly was almost a scene celebrity. But right. that dude has rubbed me wrong since the Greeley oh, Estates yeah. drama. Like, I've I've always had issues with that guy. I mean, so. he used to rep, like, his Republican values more, too, which kind of annoyed. I mean, whatever your political... I don't want to mm-hmm. get political on this show, but, yeah. like, their Facebook page used to say political views, no Obama. Like, on the oh, World Alive. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here with that shit here. on Are the World Alive Facebook page. Yeah, Are on the World Alive page, I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, and I don't want to get political on the show, but I'm just saying, I don't think that band should have, like, nah, I don't know, it's just wrong time. But, um, 
yeah, the Word Alive, like you said, they used to be right there with like Emerosa, Skylight Drive, and you know, Sky Eats Airplane, and all those bands, and Confide. Like they were right there with all those bands coming and up. And with Life Cycles, they were trying to get on, you know, the Of Mice and Men, Asking Alexandria level. That's right. That's where the trajectory of that band was supposed to be going, and but, they just fucking they just, blew it, man. They took a left turn with whatever the the next one was. Was it Dark uh, Matter? No. Dark or was Matter that, was, that was the album after the next one? Yeah. Whatever that album was, it, the lead single was like Play the Victim, I think. And it was oh, just, shit. It was yeah. just like, we want to be like the tool of metalcore. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, like, no, no. Um, any other thoughts on the word alive, Tyler Sharp? No, it's time. Did you get for... your score on the song? Uh, no, I don't think right I down did. Down the guillotine, man. But I'm at a four and a half. Okay, all right, we're at the same same score again. Yeah, really, on? you gave it a four and a half? I don't even remember what you gave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, five seconds of summer released the title track from their upcoming third album, uh, Young Blood. Um, what are your thoughts quickly on this song, Tyler Sharp? I love this song. It takes me right back to Fall Out Boy, Save Rock and Roll. It's got this mm-hmm. really heavy stomp beat. And who's, mm. quick quick question. I didn't do the dive to figure out who's actually singing on this one. Who's on the chorus? I think you got Luke with a lot of back, with a lot of gang vocals. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, Definitely yeah. tons of layers in that chorus. Yeah, but oh, dude, yeah, layered every which way. He's belting out that melody so hard, I'm like, dang, got some Johnny Craig vibes up in this, man. <laughs> like, that, uh, being able to sing along to this song is super fun. It's a great summer song, and uh, I'm just, like, really excited for this Five Seconds of Summer yeah. <laughs> album, man. Like, all of a sudden, I've listened to this song so many times. I love how short it is, because that just expands upon replay value, and I've just been yeah. going back and back and back, and it's, like, cemented into my heavy rotation on my Apple Music profile right now. So, I love the Save Rock and Roll vibes. Great song. Like, I, it's got that Imagine Dragons-type stomp beat, but there's actual mm-hmm. muscle behind it that really propels it and kind of separates it from falling into that little Imagine Dragons trope. So, I'm a big fan. I'm at an 8 out of 10. What about you? Wow. More yep. than the Ari single. Yeah, I know. Sit down, I know. dude. Get out of here. <laughs> Get okay, out of here. <laughs> all right. I think this is a good pop song. Like, it, it, it sounds primed to be another hit. It's catchy as hell. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know want you back already is a, a good hit you know i'm I, i'm at i'm a little less than you i'm at a seven out of ten okay. right now all right but you know just like with want you back um like i started around there and i i grew on that song it got closer to an eight for me um so uh, there's potential to grow here but i think it's a, a fun jam you know like i think they definitely borrowed a lot from sean mendez here mm. and it, it's kind of infused with like a fallout boy sound like you said like even like it's got a little bit of like fallout boys i don't care going on you yeah, know it's like totally that's that, that, like stopping nature you say of it um they are just they do not sound like the same band at all they are a total new band vessel the pivot is real man it's not even a pivot this is a hard reset you know what what i mean what's pop punk man like yeah Uh, (laughs) no yeah right um we don't like guitars are we on board with this band's transition into like a somber you know spotify core pop band which is like what these songs are you know? Hell yeah, dude. Right. Like, as long as they just... That's the problem with all of these pivots is that they're not bangers. That's right. what it comes down to. And I think Five Sauce are actually putting out legitimate banger contender songs. Definitely. And, um, and they're having, you know, like, 
uh, want you back to hit right now. It's getting played on radio. Yeah. And this song looks like it could follow in the footsteps. But yeah. um, let's move on to our next story. Oh, God. Okay, so I Prevail are <laughs> apparently working with Travis Barker. Um, dude. Dude, who isn't working with Travis Who Barker? isn't in the Seriously. studio right now with my man who, Travis? That guy, he's a legend. Shouts to Travis. Like, legend, icon, hard worker, overcame so much. A fucking plane crash. Mm-hmm. He was burned alive. And he's still out here making music as much. Dude just likes making music, likes playing drums. I like, don't think he, he's I, never not in the studio he's with someone. From XXX to like Young Thug to like, you know, name he's got any a project with a dude man. from Limp Biscuit right now that he's in the studio with. <laughs> Which guy? Is it Wes? Uh, yeah, it is. Yep. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, straight he's, up. He's every. Remember when he was with uh, From First to Last with making the new From First to yeah. Last? Song? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Dude, he's in there with like, Lil Aaron. He's buddy yeah. buddy with Feldman all over the place. Yeah. All these different projects. He's, oh, he's yeah. playing I mean, with the that, Fever. Listen, like, get out of even, here, man! But, oh yeah, he's in the Fever. He's got another <laughs> band. Like, <laughs> let's not even talk about like that secret cabal of Travis Barker, John Feldman. You know, there's an underground sort of like little uh, clique of musicians who are kind of making their own moves, and Travis Barker is one of them. And Absolutely. John Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I prevail. Do we do we care about the new album? Like I don't. If if you have anything to say, Tyler, go ahead. I mean, I think the the next chapter of I prevail is important in the overall standing of Fearless Records, and where they stand in the current major label market. Because I truly, I have no. I mean, I have no confirmation, no in no sources to back this up. But I really kind of feel like Concord, because Concord owns Fearless and Razor and Tie. And Razor and Tie, like Starset, just made the transition over to Fearless. And we had this conversation around the Under Oath album. But Under Oath's yeah. on rock radio. I Prevail's on rock radio. Starset is, has gotten a radio push. And I'm sure with the next cycle, we'll get a stronger radio push. No, yeah, Starset did well on radio. And that's the band they did Fearless. Concord moved from Razor and Tie, which they also right. bought. So fearless. it really bought. feels like Fearless is, like Concord is trying to make Fearless the next cool edgy young rock radio label i'm super interested to see like the i mean kind of the success of that potential pivot for a label really depends on the success of their artists under oath rapture is still sitting at number 27 on rock radio but i prevail has had continual success single after single at mm-hmm. rock radio so right. i think this out like they are putting a lot like, of time I think Lifelines effort, money still resources the top 20 right it, i'm pretty I, it sure hasn't fallen off. it's still i think there, it's at like, like 18 right now yeah. and it was all the way up to 11 it's been I think on the charts was. for a year yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been there for a while yeah. i prevail are just uh becoming staples at rock radio and they're a young band doing it and um I, the success of this album has, you know, like Fearless has a lot writing on the success of the next chapter of I Prevail. So it'll be interesting to see what I Prevail does in the band. future. Yeah. They're the biggest band. They're bigger than Pierce now. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, real quick. Did you see Fall Out Boy uh, play on the Late Late Show with James Corden? I they did. They uh, Wilson, Expensive Mistakes. I did. And I really wish I didn't. Because, listen, um, listen, listen, fam. Why? <laughs> <laughs> who is still pushing what, this like what is happening dude they played will 
isn't church the single right now? Isn't that what's no at one radio? knows? I don't think literally no one knows. Dude, that's the single at radio, and it's no, like they just added last of the real ones to all at radio because church what? fell off no. completely. No, 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 no. Because is this like, and is this going to be a single too, Wilson? Like it already was. That, I thought they already that, that, will, it. that will be like eight failed lead singles. <laughs> they all bombed at radio. Like Young and Menace, Champion, Last of the Real Ones, Hold Me Tight church now like all these songs have bombed at radio it's just stop yeah. you know what i mean so so, so church has completely fallen off uh alternative radio it made it up to like 44 ish yeah. which is like yeah. barely oh. anything and the last of the real ones is sitting at 46 right now god forbid they get a pop hit too you know it's it's <laughs> over i'm just stop with this album i don't know why anyone is pushing any of these singles mania like needs to be getting buried like it's you can time go back and on. listen to our mania episodes and we can it, we explain in thorough detail how this is one of the worst results ever but man just watching them the band play this it was just like watching money burn on screen you know like a big pile of money just lit on fire on the stage. That's all this was. Watching this Patrick before. looks stressed, man. Like, I don't know if there's something there. They look completely uninspired. Like they don't even look like they want to be there, man. Like I, it's just like end the cycle, dude. End the right. cycle. End it. All right, it's it's time to go, Tyler. But before we go, I gotta hit you with something real quick. I unconfirmed reports that the Avril Lavigne album is two weeks away from completion Whoa. and being released this year. Can she do it? Wow. I I, <laughs> I am incredibly excited, but I have strong, strong doubts. Like Best Damn strong. Thing, 2007, Girlfriend, huge hit, right? I mean, that album was fucking massive. Goodbye Lullaby in 2011. Like, she kind of had a moment again with What the Hell, but it wasn't as big. Mm-hmm. The last record totally flopped. Mm-hmm. We got to face that. Um, even though I like Hello Kitty, I think it's a banger. But the last record just totally flopped. Um, can she recover? Can she have a moment again? I, it really depends. Based on the interviews that she's done, like she did a couple interviews with, I think, Billboard last year and maybe Spin or something. I'm not sure on that. But she said that she was, quote unquote, going back to her roots. And she yeah. was talking roots more of like how she grew up singing in the church so more like maybe gospel roots i i'm worried man like i'm concerned she feels really out of touch with me like she doesn't yes. seem like she knows that she's not that famous anymore you Absolutely. know like she seems like she still thinks she's one of the biggest in the she world still thinks it's like 2007, she, she might not man. know who ariana grande is you know like she's <laughs> no. so out of touch all right um oh, that is man. it for the show this week everyone thank you so much for listening if you have any questions for the show send them to notescene at gmail.com if you enjoy the show please take the time to go and rate and or review us on itunes just hit those five stars and we'll love you so much all right see you next week